0: That we are all living a life that is very self-centered life we are all very self-centered people on the face of this earth so to an extent you know god had created us in that same way because we have a lot of responsibilities to take care of ourselves and we have a lot of responsibilities take care to take care of our family Just to make sure that everything is going on well and everyone is taken care in our lives. Our life has been like this, you know, the picture that comes into my mind right now is a, a father getting ready for a long trip. He makes sure he gets everything that needs to be put in his van and he comes around the van and he makes sure all the children are seated and they are all buckled together and he makes sure everything is just ready to launch you know this morning we are living a life that is so self-centered and unfortunately or fortunately that's how God had created us this world has been so self-centered that many of us there are many people who are living in this world they don't have time to take care of others when there is a scarcity of resource People don't really worry about others. They just want to grab what they really need and what is the basic necessity for of them. There is nothing wrong in doing that. You know, that's the natural instinct of any animal or any human being on the face of this earth. We want to make sure that we have what we need. And then we may think or may not even think about others. As i was preparing for this sermon there's a funny thought that came in my mind from my childhood days some of you would have experienced that in our in my childhood days when i was traveling in my country you know at times there may be just only one bus in the na- in the night that goes to the place where we are supposed to go <clears throat> i'm talking about 70s and 80s before some of you are born Maybe I remember a place from, uh, in Kerala called Trivandrum and Tekadi. There was only one bus in the night from Trivandrum and that's the bus we need to get. And I was just little that time. But those scenes are still fresh in my mind. The bus has only 55 seats, or you know, plus or minus few. <laughs> and when the bus comes, there used to be around 100 people. There used to be around 100 people, you know, who want to get into the bus at the same time. And whoever gets into the bus and gets a seat, they will be able to travel because there is no reservation. All the token systems, you know, that came much later. And the buses have windows and shutters that that is kept open most of the time. And the moment bus comes, people run around the bus and they throw their towels and handkerchiefs into the bus, you know, to reserve their seats. Have any of you done that? Some of you are smiling. (laughs) Probably, yes, we would have done that too. And they put their handkerchief and some of their belongings there in the seat. But you know what? Unfortunately, when you get into the bus, you don't even see that. That's taken away by somebody else. And the place is gone. That doesn't work. And I have seen parents lifting up their children and putting them, throwing them through the window into the seat so that they can be seated, hoping that nobody's going to grab their child and go away run away. And even I have seen people climbing through the window to get their seat booked, to get their seat reserved. But after all these struggles, when the bus, everybody gets seated, and when the bus is full, I have never seen at least one person rising up from the seat and giving his or her seat to somebody else. I have never seen. I don't don't even expect that to be seen. Our life is so self-centered. We want to possess, we want to hold things tightly, and there is nothing wrong. At the same time, if you don't do it, you will struggle, you will not be able to survive If you keep giving everything to others, probably one day you are going to be in the streets. We need to take care of ourselves and we need to take care of our family. I'm talking about the self-centered nature of this life. But God wants us to become God-centered. Can you say God-centered? How can we become God-centered in this self-centered life? It's a challenge. So title my sermon this morning as being God-centered in this self-centered life. Being God-centered in this self-centered life. It's naturally easy to live self-centered life. But it is really difficult to live a God-centered life. If you want to really live a self-centered life, you need to have a good muzzle. Amen? You will make your way. You will find your way. You will push down the obstacles. And you will find your way. It's easier times to live a self-centered life. You know, this sermon is needed this morning because oh, we are all Christ followers. We follow a God who is selfless, who gave himself as a, self, as a sacrifice. So this sermon is needed for me and for all of us because Christ's followers are expected to live a God-centered life. You know, if this is not preached here, we will not know. So this sermon is important for our walk with the Lord. Can you hear an amen this morning? If you go to the next slide, what is God-centered? Is putting God first in Everything. Making God's priority as our priority. Keeping God's priority first. Putting God in everything first. I'll help you this morning what I really mean by that. What is self centered life? Having selfish purposes. Want to satisfy selfish desires and interests. Having our priorities taken care well. You know, many times, we get into a situation where we want to make sure that everything with us is going good. But this morning, God is calling the church to become God-centered. How do we do it? How do we do it? A self-centered life revolves around Ourselves and our families and our necessities and our needs, but a God-centered life revolves around the pursuit of God, the purpose of God, the priorities of God, and at times the nature of God, the character of God. And this morning, God is telling us you He wants you to live a God-centered life. Can I hear again? God-centered. Can you say that with me? God-centered. How do we do it? there is so much of blessing there is so much of you know grace that is associated with a God-centered life let's talk a little bit about the self-centered life the self-centered life eventually it becomes difficult to live because all the focus is on our life all the focus is on our family and at times we feel there is a tremendous pressure that is caused I want you to think and understand as I speak. When we live a self-centered life, we worry about our lives. We too much worry about our lives. When we live a self-centered life, we always worry about what others think about us. I was thinking in Minak she was praying, and she doesn't really care about anybody, what anyone thinks, because she's praying to God. She's just praying to God, whether she cries and whatever she does it doesn't really matter because we don't really want to think what others think about us when we think about what others think about us there is nothing that we can do in this life we find ourselves to be closed inside when we our life is so self-centered we worry what others think about us we always try to defend ourselves We always try to protect ourselves because our life is so self-centered. We worry about our children. And you know what? At times we get easily disappointed. At times we get easily frustrated. When we keep our lives focusing on ourselves, we easily give up and we easily get frustrated. This morning God is calling you. God is telling the church, it's a time that we want to become God-centered. But God-centered life is eventually easy to live. We can, we don't need to have the other pressure on us. We don't need to really please ourselves. We don't really need to please our family. We don't need to really please our church. When we center our lives on the will of God, not only that, God-centered life is protected. Can you say protected? God-centered life is protected. Today, we all need the protection of God. You know, at times we think that we are safe, but we are not safe. We think that, you know, there is no, nothing against us. There are things that are against us. At times we see with our eyes. At times we don't see those things with our eyes. But we all need to be protected. When Jesus was talking to Peter, listen to me. When Jesus was talking to Peter, he was telling about the kind of death that he is going to encounter at the cross. And Bible says, G- Peter took Jesus aside and he rebuked him lord this should not happen to you how can this happen to you this kind of death should not happen to you you know what jesus said jesus response we read that in uh, matthew chapter 16 verse 23 matthew 16 23 but jesus turned and said to peter can you read that with me get behind me satan you are an offense to me for you are mindful of the Sorry, you are not mindful of the things of God. A self-centered man is not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. A self-centered man is always mindful of the things of our life on this earth. Listen to me this morning. But a God-centered man god-centered man is filled with the mindful of things of god jesus is saying peter your life is so self-centered you don't even understand why i came to this world that's very true in our lives too at times we are so self-centered we don't even know why we follow christ we don't even know what is the calling of god on our lives we become so self-centered and god is trying to teach him a lesson jesus is telling peter you need to be mindful of the things of god you know this morning god is telling the church that we need to be mindful of the things of god you know it is something which is very difficult to preach and teach i pray this morning that god may help us god may help us to understand then jesus told peter how can you become god sender? let's read matthew 16 24. then jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me peter was teaching So jesus was teaching peter if you want to follow me if you want to mean christ follower If you want to be my disciple, you know, this morning we are here because we follow God. We follow Jesus. We follow Christ. We are the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us this morning, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Christ followers cannot have a self-centered life. They are expected to live God-centered. That doesn't mean that you give up everything that you have. That doesn't mean that you throw away everything and follow him without having any bank balance. No, 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 not at all. This morning, I pray that God may help us. Jesus is talking about a self-centered life becoming a God-centered life. This morning, I will not leave you without giving a clue, without giving an idea how our lives can become God-centered. God-centered people follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. They follow the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen the disciples going behind Lord Jesus Christ? All the 12 disciples, wherever he went, they were going. Whether they understand or not, they were always there to listen to Lord Jesus Christ. At times, you know, when everything is over, they come to Lord Jesus and they ask, what did you say? I did not understand any of those things. Some of you even say that after hearing the sermon for 40 minutes at the church and go, to, go home and say, I didn't even understand any bit of it, what the pastor was screaming there from the pulpit. I did not understand any of those. At times, you know, we are so poor in our understanding. That's how the disciples were. But Jesus was repeatedly telling them to follow, to follow what he was teaching. This morning, I want to take your attention to something. It's a beautiful illustration that Jesus spoke about it. Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 to 27 therefore Matthew 7 24 therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them whoever listens to these words and when they do those things then they put those things in practice in their lives that's what Jesus is talking about read with me I will liken I will compare him to a wise man who built his house on the rock we are talking about god-sended life when we listen and when we obey his teachings our life is like a house that is built on the rock god-sended life let's keep reading 25 and then the rain descended the flood came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the rock and on the sand self-centered life. And rain descended and flood came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. Great was its fall i want you imagine two houses that are built one is built on the rock a christ-centered life you know if you are a child of god building your life as a christ-centered life you have a strong foundation you have a strong foundation in lord jesus christ but when we build our lives not on his word maybe on our experiences maybe on the experience that they have spoken by somebody else not on what you build but you try to build on looking at others following christ you know many times we want to have lead our christ, christian life by looking at people of god who follow it's good it's good to learn certain things from them but you know what they are not accountable for our lives we need to build our lives so life that is built on the rock rock refers to lord jesus christ rock refers to the word and the word that came from heaven in in flesh and that dwelt around us and today it is given in the hands of in our hands as a written word of god and when we build our lives around that word of god on the word of god we build a god-centered life but when we build on the loose sand we are building our life on sell on ourselves, self-centered life. You can go to the next slide, house upon the rock refers to. Never forget this illustration. It's a beautiful illustration. House built on the rock refers to that God-centered life. House built on the sand refers to self-centered life. Today at times, you know, we neglect God and pay too much attention to ourselves. Eventually we lose the protection of God. The house that is built on the sand there are times in our lives sudden sickness come on our way sudden troubles come on our way at times we lose our protection at times we are under the attack of the enemy we feel that we are losing our protection rain came and flood came and storms you know blew on our lives and it all depends how our life is built, whether we are self-centered or Christ-centered or God-centered. How do we build a life that is God-centered? I'm not going to preach a great sermon, I just want to give a couple of practical aspects. Today we come to church, as I said, for many different reasons. We come to church to see our friends and plan next week. We can plan. I mean, that's good. That's good. But that's not the only purpose of coming to church I believe the purpose of us getting to church is to build our lives as a God-centered life what are the God characteristics of God-centered life that's what we are going to see in other words what are the key building blocks of God-centered life there are four building blocks that we are going to talk about before we close and get into a time of prayer the first building block that is necessary to build a God-centered life is God's Word God's Word number one God's Word a God-centered life is built upon God's Word you know that word of God gives you a strong foundation in our know, times we are born in the Christian family at times we read our Bible but it becomes, you know, just only reading. But we may not even study the Bible. God is telling us this morning, we need to build our lives on the Word of God. Can you say, can you say, Word of God? The Bible that is given in our hands, it's not just for reading. It is for studying. It is for meditating. It is for applying. And it is for living. That's why we say, it is a living Word of God it's not a dead word of god you know there is a difference if you take another book and you take the book of the law there's a difference between the rest of the books and this book this book is a living book the words that we see today in this book they are living word of god what does it mean those words can be put in practice those can words can be lived we can't leave some of the comics we can't we can't really leave you know some of the fictions stories that we read today in the books but we can very well live the living word of God so it's important to study there are four things studying and meditating and applying and living and you know what this word of God is called the words of eternal life what does it mean this word gives us eternal life their life-giving word when you want to understand this way this word may not bring forth a life on the earth but this word is very capable of bringing forth lives into eternity eternal life eternal life you can go to the next slide studying god's word this is what god's word helps us studying god's word the bible injects every day as you read eternal life inside of us while our earthly life getting sucked out of us because we are living in the fallen world Every day when you study the word of God, you get eternal life. A element of eternal life is put into your life that will equip you to live eternally forever and ever. It's not worth following Christ only for this world. Why should I give up everything? Why should I make myself clean and pure? Why I can't enjoy the world? Why can't I go do many other things? It's not worth if I want to follow only for this life. We are following god for eternity children of god that truth fades away from our mind especially from this generation that truth fades away and this morning god is reminding you do not leave your life just only for the life that we have on this earth because that life is going to be sucked out of us anyway at some point of time god is telling you to live a life that is eternal can i hear an amen this morning paul is talking about renewing our minds when we study the bible our minds are renewed refreshed not only that Bible says God will look into our situation when we honor his word I want to read a scripture Isaiah 66 verse 2 can you read that with me Isaiah 66 verse 2 but on this one will I look God is saying on this one on this one here on this one here on this one here I will look On him who is poor and of a broken spirit and who trembles at my word, on whom I will look. You know, we pray at times, God, look unto me, O God. Lord, look me, O God, the struggles that I'm going through in my life. And we cry to him. We have a broken heart at times. We don't take much time. You know, people who are sitting here, I know we are a broken people. We don't need much time to cry we don't really need to apply glycerin in our, in our eyes to cry we just when we come into the presence of god we are broken vessels those who are listening to me online you are broken vessels. the moment you close your eyes you can't do anything else other than crying into the presence of god a broken heart shall we read that again isaiah 66 two. but on this one will i look on him who is poor and of contrite spirit and who trembles at my word when the book of the law was opened when children of god were in the in the wilderness when the scribes opened the book of the law what bible says everyone stood up why they honor the word and that honor has not changed today the word takes its glory the word still holds its honor the word still holds its power and this morning god is telling you if you want god to look into your situation honor his word how do we honor his word by studying the word by meditating the word by giving importance to the word and putting the word in practice one word take one scripture and try to practice that that will bless you that will bless you god's word helps us to build our lives as god sended lives number two prayer prayer you know this morning I pray that it may help some of us we may be doing it or we may not be doing it but take this write these four things down this morning in your book and try to put this in practice how do we pray we all had enough sermons on prayer we all know how many prayers are in the book how Jesus prayed we know everything, but this morning we're talking about how do we make this happen in our lives so that our lives will be God-centered. You may not be able to pray for hours together. I can't pray for hours together. So what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is nothing but talking to God. Prayer is a conversation. We all talk to people in different ways, isn't it? For some people, for some of you, I may. Talk a few seconds and then I try to put put my phone down. If I don't put my phone down, I'll be in trouble. So I'll make sure I put my phone down, quickly. And some of you, I like talking for minutes together. It all depends to whom we talk. It all depends on the conversation that we have. Some people, we don't even talk. We don't even want to talk. We only message that's why i put my the title in my whatsapp saying there's no calls only a message we converse in different ways to different people you know this prayer can be made creative don't you know that prayer can be made so creative the way we communicate with others you may not be able to kneel down and pray but we can bring the attitude of prayer in my in our mind we are all set for prayer we may not even have time to kneel down and pray every day but all that you need is you need to bring the attitude of prayer in your mind and start praying it's practical it is possible first Thessalonians, paul writes in 5 chapter 5 verse 17 he says pray without ceasing what does it mean pray without stopping pray without ending how is it possible if you are sitting there inside the house and praying without the ending you will starve you will not have any income coming into your family that's not the one paul is talking about paul is taking up talking about make prayer creative in your life make prayer possible in your life that means having a conversation going on within us always that is possible that is possible even in your work situation even in your work situation you get two seconds break Bring that attitude of prayer within you and just have a chat with God. Have a chat with God. You know, you feel that some of your friends, you know, every day you feel like saying just hi and check with them. How do they do? How they are doing? Just do the same thing with God. He loves it. Do the same thing with God every time. When you get time, commune with God. That is what is prayer. Daniel prayed three times a day. David prayed three times a day. We can pray much more than that. You know what? because the intercessor is inside of us that's what the bible says the holy spirit is inside of us and you know what he prays paul writes in roman in romans 8 chapter 8 verse 26 likewise if you can read that with me likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings and words that cannot be even uttered which cannot be uttered. We all have the Spirit of God inside of us. Allow the Spirit of God to pray for you. Let, allow the Spirit of God to pray for you. And without your knowledge, you see prayer bursting out of you. Your lips may not move. Your eyes would not have been closed. Still you are praying. We are all so spoiled saying that you know when there is a time for prayer, you need to close your eyes. Why are you closing your eyes when you pray? why are we closing our eyes when we pray any answer focus so you need to close your eyes to get focus any other reason why should we close our eyes when we pray somebody's thinking this is not biblical You need to connect with God. Prayer is communicating with God. As she said, rightly said, if that is what is bothering you, close your eyes. If there is a distraction, close your eyes. But distraction doesn't really come from eyes. It it comes, but the distraction comes from many ways. Our mind distraction is much more powerful than any other distraction. That talks about controlling our mind and bringing the attitude of prayer in our minds. You know, that's what is important. That's what is needed. Are we able to have a control over our mind? Bring that attitude of prayer for a few seconds and communicate with God. That is what is the prayer that Paul is talking about. Pray without ceasing. We must allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for us. You don't have time to pray. Speak to the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, I don't have time to pray today. I'm just busy with my work. Lord, keep interceding from within me. Keep interceding I may not know what you do but I know for sure that you pray for me I know for sure that you pray for the burdens that I carry today allow the spirit of God to intercede for you we must allow that can we practice this in our life it's possible you don't need to really come to the prayer house to the church for time of prayer but certainly a corporate prayer as we get together and pray that's more powerful a prayer that is done in unity that brings more results from the presence of God that Bible talks about it when we all get together in prayer but prayer can be part of our life every day. When we keep the prayer as part of your life, those unnecessary thoughts will not come. Those unwanted mindsets, mind, you know, bothering thoughts is not going to come. At night you will not have a dream that you, know, you need to get out of the bed You know, scarily. That dream will not come because you allow the Spirit of God to intercede. Number three, the third building block that is necessary to build a God-centered life is worship worship is nothing but the expression listen to me carefully this may help you the worship is nothing but the expression of our love and honor and the excitement about God we all human being we all get excited when something happens when something supernatural or even that is natural but you know without our expectation if something happens some good things happen we get amazed and we express our emotions God wants all of us to worship Him let's go to John chapter 4 verse 23 Jesus said but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him the moment I read this word there are a couple of things that stands out number one worship is biblical because who wants who is seeking for worshippers who louder please Father, our Heavenly Father is seeking for worshipers. We are seeking for volunteers. We are seeking for some people to help us. But Heavenly Father is seeking for whom? For worshipers. If God can put an ad in, indeed, that's what He would have put. I am looking for worshipers. Not going to pay. (laughs) It's a volunteer opportunity, but I need hundreds of. Worshippers, and all the agencies like all the churches will come together and they will raise worshipers and give to god because god is seeking for worshipers it's biblical and must worship in spirit god is a spirit being we can't worship god in our flesh it's only limited things we can do but god wants us to worship him in spirit That simply means, God wants us to allow our spirit to connect with the Holy Spirit. Worship Him in your spirit. The Spirit of God, that God has given breath into the nostril of man, human being. That spirit is longing inside of us to get connected with God. And this flesh doesn't allow that to happen. But God is telling us, Jesus is telling us, there is a time when the Holy Spirit is poured on the face of this earth. Your spirit will be able to connect with God easily, worship in spirit and worship him in truth. Worship must be a truthful worship. It must be a sincere worship. Not a ritual, not a ceremony, not something that we do on Sunday morning for initial 30 minutes. Not just emotional, showing emotions. Emotions are part of it, but it is much more than that. Not just an external gesture. It is much more than that. Worship is in truth. Worship in truth. That simply means worship sincerely. Connect with God, with your spirit, and worship God sincerely. Sincerely from inside of you. When it comes to worship, you know, we all vary some of us are really expressive some of us really lift our hands some of us really dance some of us you know maybe at very quiet we are you know we are kind of private people we are quiet within us in whatever way we worship God Bible is saying worship God in spirit and in truth God wants us to worship continually not just only in church even in our life even at home even while driving you know, many different times you can connect with God. You allow your spirit to connect with God and worship Him and praise Him and thank Him and appreciate for Him for what God is doing today. Finally, the final building block that is necessary to build a God-centered life is involvement. God's Word, prayer, worship, involvement. Involve yourself in the local mission that God has for you. Actively engage yourself in a local church, you know for most of you sitting here I'm, I'm very sure local church is the only opportunity for you to minister for you to do something for God when you go home The situation changes you are because you are living in a family. Not everyone believes in God Church is the only local church is the only opportunity that you have to serve God you will have the purpose you will come to know the purpose of God in your life when you get along with the local church and serving God you will be able to exercise all the God-given gifts in your lives when we serve God and associating us with the local church we are all having different kinds of talents some of us are having talents to sing some of us are having talent to preach some of us are having talents to pray gifts to pray some of us are gifted to work with children some of us are good in organizing events putting things together some of us are really good in ushering helping others helping people to move helping people to settle down counseling cleaning we are all gifted in many ways how do we build your life as god sended life attach with the local church wherever you are whichever church you belong to and do the work of god in that church when we do that our life will be built as a god sended life our life will be built as a god sended life and we are under the protection of God Almighty when we do something for God God looks into us when we do something for God God makes us that makes us as a house that is built on the rock Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 Paul writes here and whatever you do he says whatever you do do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you so the lord jesus christ colossians 3:23 let's not build our lives as church centered life let's not build our lives as a church centered life or a ministry centered life or a man of god centered life let's build our life as a God-centered life that simply means we are doing what we are doing not to please an organization not to please an individual but to please God you know God honors that attitude second part of it involve ourselves in the global mission just want to read two scriptures mark chapter 16 verse 15 Jesus said to them go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature god has brought us to this nation preach the gospel share the love of christ with your friends look for an opportunity keep an eyes keep your eyes open to share the love of christ how do we build god-centered life one more scripture we'll read and close acts chapter one verse eight but you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in jerusalem and in all judea samaria and to the end of the earth we all have responsibility it's not written only for those missionaries that are, those are sent out now that's wrong how do we do this how do we fulfill this vision of god either we can go or we can involve ourselves in the global mission you know it's not only the local mission the global mission is important we need to get to know what god is doing across the globe We need to know what is happening in the other nations other countries we need to know when the lives are touched and changed even in the slum area even in downtown how god is reaching out to people there are many testimonies god wants us to know god wants us not to be ignorant of those things god wants us to know the persecuted church across the globe there are many churches many children of god they are persecuted they are just same as you and me they have the same blood washed by the blood of jesus but they are tortured. They are tortured. We may not be able to go do anything for them, but we can know what is happening. We can provide support to them, standing with them and praying for them, remembering them. There are underground churches, underground pastors, and children of God. They are all suffering. We can pray for them. We can send our support to them. We can encourage them. There are many things that we can do. We can participate what the local church is doing in the global mission. We can participate by supporting orphan children, supporting missionaries, going on mission trips. You know, there are many things that we can involve ourselves. When we do all these things, God will help us to build a God-centered life. Just want to close in the time of prayer right now. God wants us to build a God-centered life through studying our bible praying by worshiping god and involving ourselves in the work of god there are many ways god is opening opportunities for you to involve just step into those areas step into those areas god may use you shall we all just rise for a time of prayer this morning